today. These last few weeks we've been talking about daring, <clears throat> daring to trust Him. Amen. You know, and we've been basically talking about faith and our Christian walk being defined by our faith as such. Because again, we, we say we walk by faith and not by sight, not based on the things that we can see, but we walk by faith, faith that what? God is in control of our lives. Amen. God is in control of every situation of our lives. And uh, last week, I know we talked about this, the word that jumped out to me last week was the word commitment, because we're talking about trust and commitment. Trust and commitment have to go together. They have to go together. Either you commit to a person or you commit to a certain thing, but they have to go together. Let me move to my notes real quick because today I want to move on from commitment and trusting God. And connected to this is the word generosity. The word generosity. And again, I don't want you to tune me out right away because I promise you this is not another sermon on money and I promise you I'm not going to ask you for anything at the end of it. Because when you say we trust him we have to commit all the way and part of that commitment involves generosity and the challenge today is to be committed to generosity. Again, don't tune me out, but I found this really fascinating this time around as I was, as I was preparing for this sermon. It was kind of interesting because we know God's love is unconditional, right? God's love is unconditional, but His promises, most of His promises, almost all His promises have conditions to them. And it's kind of cool because more than anything else, the promises related to generosity are the most common in the Bible. Generosity is talked about more than any other subject. They said prayer, the promises connected with prayer. Prayer is talked about around 300, almost just a little less than 400 times. Love, of course, is such a big word and it's talked about almost seven to 800 times. But when it comes to giving and generosity, the Bible talks about it almost 2,100 times. And I found that fascinating as I was studying for this. And please understand, when I say generosity, I'm not just talking about money here. I'm talking about being generous with your time, being generous with your energy, being generous with your praise, being generous with your talents, being generous in every area of your life. Basically learning to become an unselfish person. Because related to this, there are, there's nothing, no other topic that has more promises than it relates to giving and generosity. And so what is generosity and why is God so interested in generosity? In generosity? Why is he so interested in us learning to be more generous? The main reason is because God is the greatest giver. God is the greatest giver. He gave us life or he gives us life. I mean, he gave us this whole world that we live in. He gave us his son, Jesus Christ. He gives us the Holy Spirit that dwells and guides us along our way, along our Christian life as such. He gave us health or he gives us health. 
He gives us strength. He gives us wisdom when we ask him. He gives us good things when we ask him. He gives us, if you want to say stuff, that's why he's interested in generosity and wants us to learn to be generous because he is a giver. Because he loves, he gives. We all know that saying basically, you know, you, you cannot love without giving. You cannot love without giving because generosity is just love in action. And that's the challenge. Whether we are generous people or not. God so loved the world that he gave. If we say we love, we ought to be generous people. We ought to be generous people. It was interesting because I was listening to a sermon this past week and he was talking about how the songs that they sing, well, the love songs that they sing right now are really not love songs. Because love is about giving, but most of the songs they sing is about getting. That's the difference between love and lust, actually. That's true. Love gives. Lust is all about what it does for me. But God talks about love, and because he loves, he is a giving. He is a generous God. And let me challenge you today. And I said it challenges me, uh, challenged me as I was preparing for the sermon. And a moment of honesty right here, because this challenged me. Hear me out. Giving away money is, is hard. But very often it can also be the easiest thing we give away. Because sometimes it's easier to give our kids stuff, material stuff, money, rather than give them our time and our attention. Sometimes it's easier to give money to a church or a missionary than take the steps across the road and be a missionary to our neighbor. Sometimes it's easier to give money to missions and a project than go, the project that feeds the homeless, than go and serve others. That's our call too, to be generous. Again, hear me out. I'm not talking, I'm not saying don't give. But don't let it be a substitute for you going out and doing what God has called us to do too. Sometimes, like I said, it's easier to be generous with our money than with other things. Something the Lord spoke to me about a few years back was that he just impressed on my heart. It's not how much you give, it's how and why you give that really matters to him. It's not how much you give, it is how and why you give that really matters to him. And for me, and again, this is just for me, giving isn't really giving unless it costs me something. This is just for me. Because I, if I give only when it's convenient and only when I have enough to spare and only when I'm in the right mood, I miss out on the favor and the blessings of God when I give. God is, church, God is the greatest giver. The Bible says we will never outgive God. We will never outgive God. And I know that I can never give Him enough. I can never repay Him for what He has already given me. Never. I can live my whole life, sacrifice it all, but it's never going to come close to comparing to what He has done for me. God is. The greatest giver, everything I and everything you have in life is a gift from God. And if God wasn't generous, really, we wouldn't have much at all. 
Don't be sucked into the world's way of thinking that I worked hard and I deserve it. If it wasn't for God being generous, we wouldn't have what we have. God wants us to, the truth is this, God wants us to learn to be generous. Because generosity is like Him too. And this morning I want to challenge us with seven things to commit to being generous. And I'm going to go back and forth between giving and, and, and generosity, just using it interchangeably as such. Why should I be generous? Why should I be committed to generosity? Number one, when I'm generous, it honors God. Plain and simple, it honors God. Giving is an act of worship. It is recognizing that everything I have is a gift from God. That's why I am generous because it honors God. I honor Him whenever I give because it says, God, I know I am very limited. I know what I have isn't my, my own strength. I give because it honors you and it recognizes you as the source of everything. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 13, and reading from the New Living Translation, it says, You will be glorifying God through your generous gifts. Your generosity will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. Proverbs 14, it says, Whoever's generous honors God. We know the saying, we know the famous one. Proverbs 3 9, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and what? The first fruit of your crop. We are supposed to give our first fruit. We are supposed to give God the first fruit because why? It honors Him. We honor Him. It says, God, you are really number one in my life. That's why I am generous. That is why I give. I give and I am generous because it honors God. Number two, when I am generous and why am I committed to generous or generosity? Because it makes me more like God and Jesus. It makes me more like God and Christ himself. When I give, it draws me closer to the heart of God himself. It draws me in closer to God. Generosity draws me closer to God and makes me more like him. Makes me more like him. How does it draw me closer to God? Is because I invest in things that I'm interested in. And when I'm interested in, in it, I'm talking about... I've never invested in stocks or anything of that sort. But if I invest in something, I'm going to keep looking to see if that thing's doing well or not. I stay in touch. I have this kind of relationship with it. When I invest in things of God, when, when I invest in things like that, I draw closer to God that way. Amen. And guess what? As I draw closer to God, I become more and more like Him. Yes. When I am generous... I will draw closer to God. I become more and more like Him. We know, what does it say? Our heart is where our, what? Treasure is, right? And when our treasure is in generosity, in God Himself, our heart follows. We invest in Him. Someone said, if you want to be closer to God, put your money there and you'll be close to Him. I just laughed at that one anyway. And the truth is, it's not just... Him, it makes us more like Christ. Generosity makes me more like Jesus. I can say this. Jesus was the most generous person to have ever lived on earth. That's just the truth. He willingly gave his own life so that people can make it. That's who he is. He is a generous, generous per person. The Bible says, you know, we have been saved basically... Not the Bible says, but we know this. We have been saved basically by the generosity of Jesus Christ on the cross. That's it. 
Every time you give your time, your money, your energy, anything, you become more like Christ because that's part of who he is. Someone said this, and I liked, I, I kind of underlined it when I wrote this down. The more godly you become, the more generous you automatically become too. The more godly you become, the more generous you, you become. And I think it works in the reverse too. The more generous you become, the more godly you become because you become more like Christ. He gave freely, willingly, without holding back. And when we do the same, we're becoming more and more like him. More and more like him. The more godly you are, the more generous you'll be. In other words, if you want to live really holy life, just become a, li- a giver first. Become a giver. Let me illustrate this point because I know this is a story you probably already know. But when it comes to God and us, I think about this man who took his son to, you know, he was, they were craving something to eat. And they had, went through the drive through and they went to McDonald's and they got just fries and a milkshake. I don't know about you, but I like fries and milkshake. But I dip my fries in my milkshake too. I don't know. Maybe it's an Indian thing. I don't know. It's just weird. But. And so they're driving back and this fry smells so good and everything else. And so he reaches across and tries to take one french fry and his son just slaps his hand off. and like, hey, that's mine. And the father immediately thinks three things in his head. He says, hey, he has these three thoughts and he says, the first thing that he thought is what? He realized that his child or my child had forgotten that I was the source of all the fries. I was the one who drove him out there. I was the one who paid for it. I was the one who bought him the fries. He just forgot, right? That's the first thing he thought about. The only reason this kid has fries is because of me. The second thing he realized is this, that this son of mine didn't realize that I could also take it away anytime I wanted to. Hey, you don't get it till you finish dinner. I don't know. He had the power to take it away. My son didn't realize that. Oh, his son didn't realize that. And the third thing he realized is this. I really didn't need the fries. I really didn't need his fries because if I wanted some, I could go get some myself. It's the same thing when it comes to God and us. We wouldn't have what we have if it wasn't for God. Let's not forget that. We wouldn't have life itself, but we want to live our own life. Hey, God, get your hand away from this is my life. We wouldn't have life itself if it wasn't for God. Again, God could take it away if he wants to. Everything we have, it can be gone like Job in minutes, in few hours. Everything can be gone. But he does that because he doesn't do that because he's generous and gracious to us. And of course, God doesn't need our french fries. He owns everything. He's not waiting for us to give, really. It's not dependent. He's not going to make it or break it based on what we give. He owns everything. The lesson the father wanted to teach his son was simple. Learn to be generous. Learn to share. It's the same thing with us. When we give, we become more like God because God in his nature is generous. He loved us so much that he gave his son. When I give, I become more like God. I become more like Christ. It's the same way, like I said. We need to be generous because if we want to be like him, we ought to be generous. God is generous, and when I'm generous, I'm like him. Number three, 
Why should I be committed to generosity? And this is very applicable because it is really one of the most important or the only antidote or antidote for materialism. It really is. What's the cure for materialism? Is learning to be generous because materialism teaches us give me, give me, give me. But when we give away, that's the only way we can combat materialism. I feel materialism is like, you know, that venom. You don't see it working, but you sure feel it right away. It's all the things that just eat you away on the inside. And the truth is generosity is the only way to combat that, to fight that. Because life is all about us and materialism is all about getting all we can. All we can. Acquiring, hoarding actually, because we have more than what we need really. Somehow we believe the more I get, the better I will be. Doesn't work that way. When we learn to give, that is the antidote. And again, you may say I'm not materialistic, but if you're not generous, you are materialistic. You may think I'm not materialistic, but if you are not generous, you are materialistic. Here's the thing. Every time or any time you want to break the stronghold things have on you, learn to give it away. Learn to give it away. And the truth is, Matthew 6.24 says what? You cannot serve two masters. You can't serve God and money. It doesn't say you should not. It says you cannot. It's either or. You got to pick which side you want to be. You've got to decide which is more important. Serving God or serving just getting whatever you want to get. What's more important to me? God or something else. And let me be honest. In our consumer driven culture and world we live in. It's hard to fight this. It really it's hard to fight this because we get caught up that my net worth, and I've said this before, that our net worth equals our self-worth. When we have a lot, that's when we feel like we're really something. That's just the culture we live in, we live in but that's not what the Bible really talks about. I mean, you look at all the ads on TV and wherever. The truth is 99.9% .9 of the time they're selling us something we really don't need. But what they sell is, if I have that, I'll be much better. That's it. We don't need it most of the time. First Timothy 6, 17 through 19, it really has an a interesting passage there. First uh, Timothy uh, 6, verse 17 through 19, it says, Command those who are rich. Command those who are rich. It's kind of command. And let me be honest again. The poorest of the poor in America are richer than most of the other rest of the world that's just the honest truth and i can i can honestly say and sincerely say there would be a lot of poor people in the world who would be more than willing to take your place as a poor in america right now sorry i'm just being honest there command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor put their hope in wealth which is so uncertain but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. 
The truth is God gives for what? The last part of the verse says for what? Gives us everything for what? For our enjoyment. Don't ever say God doesn't want us to enjoy life. But the way we enjoy life is by giving it away. The way we want to enjoy stuff is by giving it away. That's the perfect antidote to materialism and getting. Command those who are generous to be willing to share. In this way, they will take a hold of the life that is true life. The truth is, if I want to live the fullest life I can possibly live here, I've got to learn to give. Number four, let me rush. Number four, why should I be committed to, to uh, <clears throat> generosity? Because it reflects my faith and my character. It reflects my faith and my character because every time you give, every time you are generous, it reflects and demonstrates, I can use that word, demonstrates your faith. It demonstrates your faith because it shows that you're trusting what? The promises of God rather than the stuff you have. That's simple. It demonstrates, illustrates, or reflects your faith that you believe in God more than anything else. 2 Corinthians 9.13, again I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. In other words, it says, your giving proves the reality of your faith. It proves the reality of your faith. Your giving reflects your faith on the other hand. When you are not generous, when you are stingy, if I can use that word. If generosity reflects faith, stinginess reflects unbelief. It reflects unbelief. I don't really believe that God can take care of me. That's why I hold on and don't give. I don't believe that if I give this away, I will have enough for myself. And that's just worry, anxiety, stress, everything else. You're generous because of your faith in Christ. And we know the the most common, one of the most common verses in Malachi 3.10, it says what? God dares us really to put our trust in his promise there. He says what? Hey, bring your tithe to my storehouse or, you know, wherever we worship. Test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you won't be have enough room for it. I know I paraphrase that. But that's what it is. He challenges us that he almost dares us to trust in him. Generosity reflects the depth of my faith, but it also reveals who I am on the inside. Because we can play the generous game on the outside, but it will catch up with you soon enough. It will catch up to you because generosity reveals my character. It reveals my character. Do I have a selfish heart or do I have an unselfish or selfless heart? Again, we can fake it and pretend for a while, but we can't hide it forever. Either I'm loving and generous or I'm not. It is. It will come out. Truth is, when I am genuinely kind and loving and genuinely care about people, it shows up in my generosity. When I genuinely care for people, it just shows in the way I give to them. Again, it's not how much we give it's how and why we give that matters to God because those people Jesus sitting at the temple and all these people came and gave a lot but what did he look at he didn't look at how much they gave he says how and why they gave that's what it is 
Number five, why should I be committed to generosity? One is it reflects our faith and our character, but it also unlocks God's blessing on our life. Sometimes we think that's all it's about, really. That's point number five. And again, it unlocks God's blessing. We're talking about prosperity and protection. And of course, I can give you probably a hundred verses in the Bible that relate to generosity and God's blessing. There are several passages that we have. But to simplify it, if you want God's blessing in your life, you have got to learn to be generous. You've got to learn to give if you want to enjoy God's blessing in your life. Because you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. You sow generously, you're going to reap generously too. That's just the principle. Generous people will be blessed. Please learn to come to God with open hands. Because when you're cleansed, if your hands are cleansed, you're not giving away. But you're also not going to get anything from him. Come to God with open hands. Deuteronomy 15, it says, give generously. And then it goes down and says, then because of this, God will bless you in all your work and everything you put your hands to. It's a promise right there. You want God to bless everything you put your hands to? The answer is simple. Be generous. Be generous. Seven, like I said, over like 1,000 something promises that deal with this. Second Corinthians 9, again, it says God loves what? A cheerful giver. And he is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. But it starts with what? Blessing what? A cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. Another translation, it says, God loves the one who gives gladly. And God will make it up to you by giving you everything you need. And more than that, there will not only be enough for your own needs, but plenty leftovers to give joyfully to others. Generosity unlocks God's blessing. It brings God's blessing. And here's the, here's the cool part. It's not equal back. When you give 500, you don't get 500 back when it comes to God. What does Luke say? It comes back what? Pressed down, shaken together. And running over. Your generosity comes back multiplied. That's just, this, that's just what the word says. Press down, shaken together, and running over. I don't know how it works, but in God's economy, when I give 10%, he stretches my 90% to where my 100% would really take me. Amen. That's just the way God works. A generous man, Proverbs says, a generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will be refreshed, the Bible says. You want to be blessed. You want to prosper, basically. Learn how to give first. Again, don't limit it to money. Let me tell you this. Giving your tithe is not generosity. That's just giving back what belongs to God. Talking about giving, don't limit it to money. Just money. And Sorry, most of us know who Pastor Rick Warren is. And of course, he made millions on his books. And he was asked, why do you think God chose you to write the best-selling non-fiction book of all time? And he replied, I know why. And of course, that person got stunned in an interview. He says, I know why. He says, because knew God, he says this, I know why. Because God knew he could trust me with money. God knew that I would not spend it all on myself. I still wear a watch I bought at Walmart. I still drive a 15-year-old Ford truck. 
God knew I wouldn't spend all the money on myself, but that I, I would use it to help others. And then he goes on to say, I know a lot of people say, well, shoot, if I wrote a bestseller, I would give away millions too. And his reply to this was, he says this, no, you wouldn't. I can guarantee you wouldn't. How do I know that? Because you're not being generous right now. I was generous when we were out of work. I was generous when we had no money. I was generous when the cupboards were bare. I was generous when my wife was holding a job while I was going to school. I have 40 years of a track record of being generous. And that's why God knew I could handle money. You want to be blessed by God. Learn to be generous. Learn to be generous. You are blessed with prosperity when you are generous. And not just prosperity, it includes protection too. Amen. God's protection. When we are generous, good will come. Psalms 112 says, good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Now the translation says, all goes well for the generous person. It's talking about protection. God knows how to take care of us when we are generous. When we are generous, God knows how to take care, of us, take care of us. When we give and when we are generous, He prospers us, takes care of us. Number six, why am I committed to generosity? Why do I want to give, learn how to give? Because it brings joy and happiness. It brings joy and happiness. Generosity increases, increases my joy and, and happiness. And everybody knows this. If you don't know it, you're not generous. I'll just be honest. Because Jesus says what? It's more blessed what? To give than to receive. Let me use this example. Christmas time. As a child, all the joy and happiness came from the gifts I got. But the older I get, and especially as a parent, I find my joy and happiness coming and getting more excited as I see my kids open the gifts. It's just called growing up and maturity. But I know 80-year-old people who are still stuck about what they get rather than what they give. And they've not learned the joy of giving. Giving increases my joy. I have learned. I love gifts, okay? I'll take all the gifts I get. But I know I get more excited when I give than when I get. That's just part of the process because I've just... I guess the word is we stop being self-centered and about us and we're more concerned about others. And when we start doing that, it brings us joy and happiness. Number seven, and I'll finish with this. Why am I committed to generosity? Because it makes an eternal impact and has an eternal reward. Amen. Eternal impact. My generosity, and listen to me here, because your generosity has the, has the potential to impact lives for eternity. Amen. Your generosity, my generosity has the potential to impact lives for eternity. And the truth is many times we don't really understand and will never know the impact or the total impact of our generosity. But we give anyway because only eternity will tell us. The total measure, the total influence of what our generosity have. We don't give, I don't give, and we don't give to be recognized or to become famous or for people to applaud how much I give. 
In fact, when we give, we don't let the right hand and the, I mean, left hand know what the right hand gives, right? We don't do it for anything else. We do it because we realize it has the potential to impact eternity. This past week, we had district council, uh, our district council out at Sagu, and one of the one of the people who came and shared, basically shared a testimony, basically, but it was really powerful. He talks about how. They were pastoring a small church, a struggling church, really struggling church. Even him getting paid was really different. And they had a missionary come through church, and uh, they managed to put together $50. And the pastor gave the, I mean, he knew that he probably wouldn't get paid much, but he gave him $50, that missionary, they scrunched together $50 and gave it to him. And, of course, this guy kept preaching, and weeks went by, a couple of weeks went by, and he went preaching, and then... All of a sudden, of course, he has his musicians, and something happened. I think the guitar broke or something of that sort. And so he was just in the middle. He just got excited, and he says, we're going to get everybody new guitars, but this time next year. And, of course, as soon as, you know, as pastors, sometimes we say things, and then we think later sometimes. You know, cause, and we blame the Holy Spirit for inspiring us sometimes. And he laughs. He says, as soon as I said that last word, I realized what I was saying after I said it already. But he says it doesn't matter, it really, because the testimony is, like, right after service, there was a lady who came in with an envelope stuffed with bills. And she says, I know you said something, but here it is. I hope that's enough, and if it is enough, let me know. And that lady came back next Sunday and came back the following Sunday and kept coming back for years. She just invested. She happened to be a rich uh, own a something, something like restaurants or something. She owns a chain of restaurants. Kept investing in this person, in the ministry, the ministry group. People's lives were being changed. People will be saved. A few years later, she came to the pastor and she says, did you ever ask? Why did you ever not ask? Or something of that sort. Did you ever wonder, I guess, why I gave you that big envelope? And she says, because a few weeks back, a missionary told me he went to a small church and they gave him 50 bucks. That impacted her life where she started coming to this church and investing in this person's ministry. And lives were being changed. For years, this pastor didn't know that his gift, his generosity had impacted lives for eternity. That's the truth. Our generosity, we won't always see the results, but our generosity impacts lives for eternity. That's why I give. When I invest in people, I don't know whether they take it or they leave it, but I know I'm sowing the eternal word of God. I'm sowing whatever I've got into people's lives. It's God's job to bring growth, and whatever he does, it's his responsibility. But when we give, we're investing not just here and now. We're investing in lives for eternity. That's why we got to develop an attitude of generosity. Generosity. Please understand, we will never outgive God. Getting back is not the motivation here. Please listen to me. Just, I don't give just because I know I'm going to get back. That's not why we give. Even if I don't get back here and now, I know there's a reward in heaven. That's why I give. That's why I give. We invest because we know 
There is an eternal, eternal reward. Again, 1 Timothy 6, 18 and 19, it says, Command them to do good, be rich, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. And it says, In this way you will, in this way you will store up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. Another translation, it says, it kind of simplifies this. Always being ready to share with others whatever God has given you. By doing this, you will store up real treasure in heaven. That's our only security. You can't take it with you for sure. I mean, you know the saying, what is that? You never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul, right? You don't come with anything and you'll never take it with you. All you can do is send it on ahead. That's the investment you make when you give. That's the investment you make when you give. Please understand what you got right now is never for you. Jesus says that. It's not just only for you. It's so that you will bless others too. So learn to give. Be committed to generosity. Learn to share. You're not buying, and I say this all the time. I'm not buying someone's friendship. I'm investing in someone's life. That's it. I'm not trying to buy friendship or favor. All we are doing is investing in people's lives. And only eternity will tell the impact your generosity will make. I was singing of the Ray Bolts. Most of you know Some of you know him. I remember the song that he sings. And he says it's thank you. I'm going to read the words of that song. And I don't know if BJ has it pulled up. I just gave it to him right at the end here. It says, I dreamed I went to heaven. And you were there with me. We walked along the streets of gold beside the crystal sea. We heard the angels singing. Then someone called your name. You turned and saw a young man and he was smiling as he came. He said, friend, you may not know me now. But, he, but then he said, just wait. You used to teach my Sunday school when I was only eight. Every week you'd say a prayer before the class would start. One morning when you said that prayer, I asked Jesus into my heart. And the chorus goes, thank you for giving to the Lord. I am a life that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am so glad you gave. Then another man stood before you and said, remember the time a missionary came to your church. His pictures made you cry. You didn't have much money, but you gave it anyway. Jesus took the gift you gave, and that's why I'm here in heaven today. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am a life that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am so glad you gave. And then finishes with saying this. One by one they came, as far as the eye could see. Each life somehow touched by your generosity. Little things that you had done, the sacrifices you made unnoticed on earth, heaven now proclaims. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am a life that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am so glad you gave. Bow your heads with me this morning. If you were looking for 
what do you get back when you give? You will lose out on the joy of giving itself. Yes, the promises are of blessing and promises are that he will give it back to us. told you in the beginning, I'm not here to ask you for money. I'm not here to ask you for a special offering or anything of that sort. But what I want to challenge you, challenge you with this morning, this afternoon, is to be committed to being generous. To be committed to generosity, being committed to give. Not just money, but your time, your talents. Your energy. Yes, your treasure, of course. But understand, generosity, that's who God is. He loved us so much that he gave his son. Jesus loved us so much that he willingly gave his own life for us. Jesus, he promised us and gave us, God gave us the Holy Spirit to be with us now. That's just who God is because He loves. Why should I be committed to generosity? Because number one, I said, it honors God. It honors God when I give. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruit. Honor Him. I don't know about you, but I want to live my life that honors God. Because all it says is, God, I trust you and I know that you are number one. That's all it says when I give. It's just a statement I make. God, I trust you. The reason we need to be committed givers as such is because it makes us more like God and Christ himself. The more I give, the more I become like Christ. Who laid aside everything and took on the form of man and came down. Laid aside his majesty, the Bible says. He gave it all up to reach me, to touch me. When I learn to give and lay my life down, give everything that I have as much as I have, I'm just becoming more and more like Christ. The more you give, the more you become like Christ. Again, don't buy into the world of materialism that says the more I have, the better I am. The truth is when you give, you become better. My giving just reflects what Christ has already done in my life. It reflects my faith, my trust in Him. Genuinely. Church, learn to be genuine, cheerful givers. Because when you give cheerfully, it unlocks God's blessings on your life. It unlocks God's blessing on your life. Give and it will come back to you. There's joy and happiness when you learn to give freely. You're just blessed. You're just so happy. It satisfies you really when you see someone impacted by your generosity. But it's not just, I'm not just looking for something here and now. I know my giving impacts lives for eternity. 
impacts lives for eternity. I know you all are faithful as you give and you bring your tithes and everything else to the church. We give and we give to missionaries. We're impacting lives. The influence that we have, it's influencing different parts of the world too. And we'll never know how that money, that gift, that offering has impacted someone's life. But eternity will tell. Eternity will tell how great your reward is going to be.